0: Welcome everybody to the Over 6 Sports Podcast. It's your boy Zach the Bandit Burke and our favorite co-host Cam the Turf King
1: Charlton. What is up Cam? Oh not too much. Uh, Just getting ready for playoffs now. It's kind of been a mixed week, a mixed weekend, but have snuck in there. They got that fourth spot, so uh, it's been a mixed week, but I'm doing pretty good today. How are you doing, Burke?
0: I'm doing well. Leafs are uh, playing tonight. They're... uh... Fighting for the president's trophy. It's a bit of a long shot at this point, but, um, you know, I feel like that's a banner maybe that you could hang up in the rafters instead of the division champs. Uh, we were laughing about that actually. The, uh, all the division champs have their division champs swag. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I want that banger hanging in the, the banger, banner hanging in the rafters, but, um, yeah, I mean, Leafs got it done, got the North wrapped up. We'll kind of get into this a little more. Um, but yeah, no, I'm doing well. Did you have a sweat on when uh, when the Habs kept losing and everybody else kept winning?
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the greatest feeling in the world. It was starting to feel a little bit. I mean, they were just so injured. You look at the roster and the amount of injuries they had. I'm like, oh, shit, they actually might not pick a point up. I mean, you look at any other team. You miss your captain, your starting goalie, four of your top five goal scorers or point getters from last year you're not going to do that well so it was a little struggle down the stretch hopefully everyone's healthy for playoffs and we can give it a run but yeah I was sweating a little bit but they snuck in there so no big issue snuck in
0: there's like the understatement just backdoored it with a single point nothing like sneaking into the playoffs on an L but I mean we'll, we'll get to this in a minute but you know McDavid just
1: does McDavid
0: things sometimes so can't yeah I mean do much like, about that
1: they picked up another point tonight, so I don't know how much of a sweat it would have really been because they did still have tonight to pick up a point, and they got a point with basically every one other on roster out tonight. They had Suzuki and Caulfield play, which was actually nice to see. Suzuki had two goals, Caulfield had a goal and an assist, so it was nice to see that, but not a huge sweat now because they actually two points clear.
0: Yeah, was tonight their last game of the regular season, or they got one more?
1: No, that's it for Montreal now, so they get a, about a week break here, so hopefully let's get healthy and get everybody, get all the troops together for playoffs.
0: Rest it up. Well, let's get, uh, let's not delay too much, let's get to our headlines from the past week.
1: I mean, where do we start it, Burke? <laughs> we got to start it with Jay's talk. So all year,
0: Artem Zub,
1: the nobody. Who else have you called out this year? Bunch of nobodies. They all turn um, out to do something. Yeah. I mean, this. You get even the score calling you out, calling them somebodies. You called out Danny Jansen the other day. What did, did. he do? The next three games, he homered in three straight games. And I it's... mean, I mean, it was hilarious at first. Like the first game, he did it. We're like, okay, awesome. Like it worked. Uh, it's pretty funny. By the third game, we're like, holy <laughs> shit, this is like, this is ridiculous now.
0: Uh, I have a gift. I have a gift. I don't know, you know, if if you know if a new marvel marvel movie came out i'm you know nobody man i just put like a reverse curse on everybody which is uh yeah i mean you know the first time you can call it a you know you can whatever it's a coincidence the second time you're like all right like maybe the third the fourth time like it's starting to starting to be a thing and keep in mind i only said that in jest Right. Like I didn't, uh, he's obviously not actually a nobody. Like I love Danny, Dan Jansen. Sorry. We got to call him Dan Jansen now. Cause that's what he wants to be called. Um, but we kind of made that joke where I'm like, well, I should, let's call out Dan Jansen see what he does. And sure as shit does he not hit three homers in a row? I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, Oh, I can do it. <clears throat> I know another friend of ours was like, yeah. Like, like basically saying all the Haves guys are nobodies. I'm like, no, 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 it doesn't work for you. Not everybody can do it. Only I have the nobody gift. Yeah, I mean
1: it's just been fun. He really helped the Jays just plug along here. I mean it's not a great season; they're still struggling with a ton of injuries, but they just keep plugging along. And in this division right now, that's all you need to do. They haven't played a lot of the weaker competition that some of the other division, rest of their divisions played. So they just keep doing it right now. And Vlad had a mini slump there, and he c- came back nicely yesterday. And it just keeps looking pretty good for the Jays.
0: And that's all you have to do, right? I mean, the beauty about you know baseball having a 162 game season is that when you are you know, 34 games in, which the Jays are at right now, 34 games, they're only two and a half points back of Boston for first. You've got 130 games left, and if you've played a lot of stiff competition in that time, there's going to be games in there that you're going to pick up. These ebbs and flows are normal in baseball. But if you're going to stay 500, and the Jays are uh, at uh, .529, so they're they're two games above 500, that's all you got to do. Keep it within striking distance so that when you go on a heater, you go from being two back to being two up, three up, or whatever the case is, right? You just don't want to do what the Jays of the past has done. And, you know, you get down 18, 20 games with 40 left, and you're trying to sneak into a wild card spot. Like baseball, it's just so difficult to do that. You, If you keep it within a couple of games, then the chance for you having successes will be pretty high.
1: Yeah, that's the big thing is you just got to stay right above 500 till the end of May here. Hopefully get some of these arms back in the bullpen. Pearson can build himself up. He didn't look great the other day. And he gets Springer back. If you can get healthy now and stay a little above 500, you're fine. There's lots of time left. They're doing what they need to do, and we're getting some good contributions from even guys like Robbie Ray right now. So the Jays, good start to the year, and uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of it.
0: One of the things I will say about the Jays before we move off them is that um... – They've won quite a few games in the eighth and the ninth inning. I know, though, over the past week or two, I've been watching, and they're down, you know, three two, or they're down three one, or whatever the case is, in multiple occasions. And uh, you know, eighth inning, they go on a big run, or ninth inning, they score five or six. Like these guys are just there's no quit in the team. And you you brought up Springer. Springer played what four or five games for them. Then he's back on the IL. And we called that by the way. We said, you know, George, what are you doing? Like, why are you bothering coming back for the one game? Like, go back on the I uh, on the IL. Sure enough, he does. Smart decision. That's what should have been done from the start. You want to come back? We get it. Go. if you miss half the season, who cares?
1: Yeah, and just touching on that, coming back in late games, it just has a little bit of the playoff feels from, what, five, six years ago now? Yeah, 100 That lineup of Edwin, Jose, Josh Donaldson, Tulo, like you just never felt like they were out of a game. They could be down three or four runs in the sixth, seventh inning, and you felt like they could come back still, and that's kind of the feeling around this team this year. You just have such a great order, and you feel like you're never out of it. You can score. Like Simeon's having some big hits. Now you're even getting contributions from Danny Jansen. Hernandez is back healthy. Just feels like that again, and it's pretty sweet to be around.
0: I keep saying one more thing about the Jays, but then I remember something else. Um It's pretty obvious that Guriel has shown that you cannot take home on a on a simple double to outfield. This guy gunned down like three people in the last week, and I mean I just cannot like I I mean I we both have played some sort of softball baseball the velocity that this guy whips his pitches in, like he's throwing it like 300 feet on the dime to
1: the plate yeah I mean we've seen issues in him in outfield tracking balls and stuff but the guy's got a cannon there's no doubt in that he had a crazy amount of assists last year from the outfield and he's doing it again this year like yeah you might be able to sneak a couple fly balls that he doesn't pick up well but don't run on the guy
0: I can't believe like the pinpoint accuracy this guy throws. Like just, I mean, think about it. You're throwing it from outfield. You have to give it a lot to get there. And I can throw the ball far. I can't throw the ball far, and on a like on a silver platter for the catcher to get a guy out. Like it's just insane. So anyway, um, Cam, let's talk about uh, uh, about Mister One Hundred. Now, I can't take credit for this one. I did not call him a nobody. I don't know how you can call him a nobody. Connor McJesus McDavid. 100 points in 53 games.
1: Yeah, and now he's up to 104 with still a game left. I mean, what is there to say about this guy? Every game he does it, That uh, when he put up that 100th point, that uh, five on three, he was not coming off the ice. Mm-mm. He was going to be out there until he <laughs> got that 100th point. And he just does it i mean all this i remember talking earlier in the year before the year can mckinnon take that next step to catch him then i know we live in leafland a little bit so you got oh is matthews comparable oh is martyr comparable no there's nobody in the league who's comparable to what he's doing you look at how crazy of a year matthews is having we saw it in 07 ovechkin had 65 that's right on pace for where matthews is mcdavid's on pace for over 150 points we haven't seen that really in our lifetimes it's what 95 96 lemieux did it and the goals per game were crazy higher then. he's 60 something points ahead of third on his team so like that's ridiculous because there's three people who can get a point every time there's a goal yeah it's just what he's doing this year is just unheard of and i don't even know how to put it into words really
0: well, we'll let, I got a couple of things to dive into here. I just want to go with this part first, though, because it's on top of my head. If I would have told you at the start of the season, which one of these would you have said is more likely to happen? Uh, or or sorry, let's say that, let's go this way. Less likely to happen. Ovechkin scoring less than 30 or McDavid scoring 100 points in 53 games, which would, would you have said it has less odds of happening?
1: Well, you'd have to go with the McDavid thing. That right? that it had to have less odds than Ovechkin scoring thirty. I know it's shortened, so that's still quite a good pace, thirty. But you still like the pace for a hundred points is just crazy. I mean, there's
0: guys who've scored thirty. I mean Matthews has got thirty, McDavid's got thirty. I haven't I don't have a full list here, but to me that's a little bit surprising. I mean you think Ovi's gonna put him away, but I mean, the reality is, is like, this guy's going to put up, like, if, if there was 82 games, he's scoring 40 again. I don't think there's a doubt about it, right? Like, he's he's going to score 40, um, which he needs to do to, get, to try and get the goals record, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is even like 30 goals this season is actually on pace for 44, so that's quite impressive. So 30 goals this year is quite a good number to get to, so to not get to 30 is a little shocking, because it's Ovechkin, but I don't think it's the craziest stat ever, because it's not that easy to score forty, especially in today's NHL.
0: My other point about McDavid, I think that we'll talk about that kind of when we get to our playoff preview. Um, I think it'll be a you know we'll be able to dive in a little bit deeper there. Um, so let's keep with the NHL though. So Jack Eichel, there's some drama surrounding him, and is he having surgery? Is he not having surgery? Is he going to get traded? Like there's there's been kind of smoke bombs getting thrown all over the place. The team's saying, no, he's not getting traded. He's uh, he's not, or he's do, not, or doing surgery. And Eichel's like, yeah, we haven't discussed that. I have no idea if I'm even really with this team. Paraphrasing, of course, but.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a weird situation. He wants to get the surgery done. He thinks it's better for his long-term health, but the Sabres don't want to do it because he could miss time. And it is kind of a risky surgery. We've seen Chris Kunitz had it and he, he came back fine, but it's kind of a weird one to do in the NHL. I just I don't see how he plays a game with them anymore with all this thing around this and really wanting to move on you wouldn't bring this up publicly if you want to go and talk say the Sabres need to step up they need to bring in guys we need to be more competitive they for sure do they're not as competitive as they should be we were talking two three years ago who has a better core the Sabres or the Leafs it's not even close right now so yeah you could say all those things but when you start bringing that medical thing I think that's where you really find that they're not together I don't think Jack Eichel's playing another game for the Sabres, and I think now is where does it go?
0: Well, it's a beauty thing that it's a Wednesday. It's hypothetical Wednesday. There's no day that can't be a hypothetical day. So let me ask you another hypothetical question. So which player is most likely, most likely to play another game for their current team? Jack Eichel or Aaron Rodgers for the Packers?
1: I think somehow it's Aaron Rodgers is more likely <laughs> to play for the Packers. I just, I mean, Aaron Rodgers doesn't talk to his own parents, so I don't think he's going to go back either. I Like, if, they're, if I could find a bet to parlay both of them not playing for their <laughs> current team ever again, I'd be hammering that. I don't see yeah. either of them, but if I had to choose one Rodgers, because his team's at least competitive, they have, they're in a winning window right now where the Sabres aren't. The Sabres suck. Eichel wants out, there's no reason to stay there. At least Rodgers, the reason he could be there still is because they are a good team. They have a chance to win. The crappy part about that whole situation
0: for Eichel is he, he doesn't have a no-move clause. Um, you know, that kicks in next year. And so there's been teams like Columbus that have thrown out, been thrown out for trading for him. And I'm like really you want to go for like I know he doesn't have a choice but I can't imagine the situation in Columbus I mean Torts is no longer going to be there so that'll be helpful I can't imagine that Eichel and Torts would get along very well Um, but I don't know if that's a better situation for I mean it's a fresh like it's a new scene it's a fresh team and new players and a whole change of organization but uh, it's a really tough spot to be but hey I guess that's what you get for signing a big deal with the Sabres
1: Yeah, and I mean, you got to look away from Eichel's production and stuff. You talk to any hockey expert, and they still say he's an elite centerman. He's one of those guys who, number one centerman, elite guy. Like, you have to ignore every number in Buffalo. As you saw, Taylor Hall's doing quite well in Boston now. So you just ignore that all. And that's the thing about the Sabres now, is no matter what you trade him for, you're losing. You're going to lose the trade. He wants out. You're going to lose this trade, and it's just an ever-going thing with the Sabres now. They're just becoming the biggest laughing stock in the NHL.
0: And that hasn't changed in the past couple of years. I mean, you know, a program that I listened to was saying that the Sabres are in year six or seven of the rebuild. If it goes that long, it's just, it's no longer a rebuild anymore. It's just a steaming pile of garbage.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. They've had a couple number one picks. They've had a couple other really high picks and they haven't turned it into anything no success, not even really like playoff failure or something. They just really haven't done much at all. They're going to be getting a top five pick again this year. And it's just at a certain point, I mean, the Oilers eventually turned it around by doing that, but you got to do it one of these years. Well,
0: speaking of Aaron Rodgers, that's a great, it's a great transition from that last piece. Let's talk about one, uh, a legendary QB who's been out of the league for a few years Hasn't been able to get a foothold in the league. And no, we're not talking about Colin Kaepernick. We're talking about Tim Tebow. The baseball star himself is rejoining the NFL. And Cam, he's not joining as a quarterback. He's joining as a tight end with the Jacksonville Jaguars. First question is, Is he? does he even have a prayer at making the team I know the only reason he really did it is because he's got a relationship with Urban Meyer but like does he have a priority even making it and
1: would you be shocked to see him play one even just one game for Jacksonville no I wouldn't be shocked at all actually just his relationship with Urban Meyer the guy is an athlete like he's played he played high-end baseball and did quite well in the Mets organization he was a great college quarterback he was a decent NFL quarterback so he's an athlete he's a crazy athlete Urban Meyer loves him. He's going into a rebuilding team. I can actually see him making this team and playing a few games for them. I don't think he's going to be their starting tight end or anything. He's definitely going to be second or third on their depth chart, but I could see him playing a few games for sure. So, Burke, I got a hypothetical for you now. Oh, yeah. Not really a hypothetical. Just would you have ever thought that Tim Tebow was getting another shot in the NFL before Colin Kaepernick? What year are you asking me this? Like 2021? Even 2020, 2021, whatever, did you think that Tebow would be getting another shot before Kaepernick did?
0: No. Um, frankly, I, I am shocked that Kaepernick hasn't got another shot. I mean, there was the fake tryouts that he had, I think, a year last summer, I believe it was. Um. And, you know, I kind of thought that someone was just going to, you know, give him a shot mainly because it was just so in the public eye and... Um, You know, the Black Lives Matter movement was going on, and I just felt not not that that should be a reason necessarily to give somebody a tryout, but um, I I just thought that, you know, for a team, that it it might be a good PR move um, because he's obviously blackballed by the league for the whole kneeling thing, whatever. We don't have to get into that. Um, But I thought that with everything going on with police brutality, I thought that maybe one team would have taken a shot and said, hey, this might be some good publicity for us um as self-serving as it is and not really the point i mean the nfl is around and teams are around to make money so if this so if kaepernick could put butts in seats then then we're interested in that no obviously pandemic there's no butts in seats but it definitely could drive some interest um yeah so i mean to answer your question i definitely thought cap was going to make it in but no nope. timmy tebow in the fold again
1: Yeah. And I mean, I like to see it. Tim Tebow is a great human being. He's very religious. He's really all that, but he's just a phenomenal human being. Whether you think he's a great football player or whatever, he's a great human being and seeing guys like him get another chance or succeed in what they're doing is good to see. And you got to cheer for the guy a little bit.
0: Oh yeah. And we had actually had a write-in comment. I just want to read it out here on the show. So we had a write-in comment from Kyle Gao about Tim Tebow quote I think he just needs to let go and accept he has he has had his moment in the sun and should just focus on his reporting career on college football I mean if he was really serious about this he would have done it 6 years ago when he uh was asked to do it by the Jets and the Broncos he just wants to keep his name out there I mean you can't tell me he will be ready to play a whole new position in a couple of months that he brings up some good points I mean why didn't Tebow go after it when he kind of you know lost his gig five, six years ago.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you just want to take that shot on baseball. He said he loved baseball. He was a really good high school baseball player. So, but again, like, I don't think the transition in position is going to be that difficult. He's an elite athlete. He's now played two sports at very high level professionally. Never really played the majors, but he played AAA and did it quite well. So to make a transition in position when you know the game that well and you're that good of an athlete, I don't think it's going to be that hard for him to do.
0: Let's ask you, let's keep the trend going with hypothetical Wednesday. Um, If team Tebow makes the team starts the year, how many games until he gets injured?
1: I don't think he's going to be playing that many snaps or playing that consistently. So I am going to go. He doesn't get injured on this one. I just don't know how much he's actually going to play if, and when he makes the team. So I'm going to be hopeful and, uh, not to uh, hope he's injured here. I know we got other people in our group chats that hope everyone get injured, but I, I'm, not, I'm not like that. So let's hope Shout he out. doesn't
0: get injured. Shout out to the fake bandit for always bringing the injury violence. Uh, so that's our headlines for this week, Cam. Where do you want to go next? We got a ton of ton of stuff to get into, so I'll let you steer the ship here.
1: Well, let's just quickly get through a recap. I mean, I don't know if we have to divulge too much on the games. So the Leafs beat the Habs on Saturday night in a tight one you you really realize how much the Habs missed Deneau in that game. Eric Stahl sucks. He can't win a faceoff. <laughs> Deneau's owned Matthews in the faceoff dot all year, and Matthews was like 85% that game, and that was a huge difference. I mean, in the game winner and goal, it was Matthews winning a faceoff about as clean as possible.
0: Well, and uh, it was Jake Allen in that, right? He let in some soft goals. I mean, I didn't think that Campbell uh, played his best. Um, it was Campbell and Ed on Saturday night, I think. I don't I think Riddick was the game before, right? Or was it the, yeah. the opposite?
1: Yeah, like the Suzuki goal on Campbell to put them up two nothing wasn't a great goal, but it was one of those where, whatever, like Suzuki's getting those bounces right now. He's playing, puck,
0: like, yeah, yeah,
1: he's playing phenomenal hockey, but then Angvall scores one from like the top of the circles <laughs> along the ice that Allen just didn't go down to, and it just killed momentum. How's were up two nothing, playing really well. And your goalie just lets in one of the weakest goals in a playoff race right now. Like, you're like, you can't do that. And that just killed momentum. Like, the Habs were the much better team before that goal. And it really just kind of changed the whole atmosphere of the game. Well, and yeah,
0: like, you, sometimes you just need that stop, right? And that was the things that had plagued the Leafs for a long time and almost did it again, right? Where the goalie lets it. It's just amazing how one goal. That just is a softy or whatever sometimes it you know stokes the fire of the team they're like hey don't worry buddy we got you especially if the goalie's well liked but sometimes it's just an absolute backbreaker right where you're down one nothing you're playing well you probably should be up two one and you're like you get a softy go in or or even the, the vice versa you're up two nothing you you think that you should you should be maybe up more your goalie lets in one then he lets in a second one then he lets in a third one and the game's over
1: yeah so we'll move along from that game, and we'll uh, touch on our final betting things at the end here. So we had the Sens beat the Jets to kind of make the playoff race for that third spot interesting for a couple of days there. Tim Stutzel hat trick on Saturday, too. I don't know if you saw the videos from Ottawa with all the kids throwing hats into his backyard I did. then. Good story. I mean, Tim Stutzel is going to be a star in this league, too. My comment about that was I
0: was like, man, So it, it's is that Brady's house?
1: Yeah. he Whose lives house is Brady. That? Him, Brady, and I believe there's Josh Norris or Drake Batherson lives there as well. First of all, it sounds
0: like a fun house. They probably have a great amount of time. But these guys are living, living in a semi-detached in Ottawa. Like, it kind of surprises me a little. They're they're living within their means. I appreciate that. Right? The fans are around. They know they live there. I I find that really cool. Um, Before we kind of get into this recap, so who did you – did we both have Leafs on the first one? No, I took the Habs in the first one. Okay. I took Leafs in regulation. That – that hit so I so just just to clarify, I didn't have Leafs money line. I had Leafs in reg, uh, which did happen. So I got one. You got uh, zero so far. But yeah, the I mean Stutzel now has the same amount of hat tricks as Austin Matthews. So Matthews hasn't had a hat trick or a, a
1: more than two goals since
0: his very first game in the league. <laughs> like
1: he it's had four of, opening night. Kind of crazy. Like I know that's one of the other stats about his season is he doesn't have an empty netter. But how are the Leafs, like, when they when he has two goals in some of these games, not trying to get him that empty netter? Like, even watching the games before, he's not even on the ice a bunch of the time. They're not trying to feed him for that hat trick, which just seems odd to me. Well, how do you think Hyman's
0: going to score all his goals? That's how he bol- like bolsters up his big contract. He just dumps in 10
1: empty netters a year. <laughs> so, again, I think you had Sens plus one and a half there, which easily hit. It was... Uh, yeah. And I took the money line, so that was good both yeah, ways.
0: Sen, Sens won 4-2 over the Jets. Was that, that was the final score, right? So um, cleared it easily. You know, I thought about going back to the money line, and I was like, whatever. I put it out on the pod. The odds were actually pretty good. I, they were like uh, minus 175 or minus 180 for Sens plus one, one 1.5. And I was like, okay. And I said that too. I said, if it's under
1: 200, I'll take it.
0: Yeah, add I, think that I, into got, parlay.
1: I think I got plus 210 odds for Sens' money line, so that was nice. Made up for the first loss. And so we'll get into the third game then, and I mean, McDavid, period, end of point, hundred points. Vancouver really didn't do much to stop him. No, and
0: and yeah, Vancouver even you know versus the Jets last night, like they they just got. I mean, they they have no chance anymore. There's nothing really left in the tank. I mean, any chance that they had of being any sort of like any bit competitive was just killed by their COVID um, thing. So.
1: And I got to give myself a little credit there. I did say McDavid over two and a half points. He put up four to get to the hundred. So actually that was a quite, quite good odds on that. And that paid nicely. So it made up for a kind of average week hitting two big dogs there.
0: Yep. Love it.
1: So then we'll get into the locks. And of course, I mean, I lost and I broke our rule the over six podcasts had a rule. I do not bet the Detroit Red Wings ever. Just don't do ever. it. Nope. And I did it. And what, they, they actually <laughs> lost in overtime, so it was close. But just just shouldn't do it. You just can't nope. do it. And I nope. did it.
0: You did it. I was and, even shocked on the podcast. I'm like, don't do it. And you're like, I'm going to do it. I'm like, don't do it. Any game that Detroit's involved, just, don't, just, just steer clear of. Because if you bet against them, sometimes they win. And when you bet on them, they almost always lose. And I had a sweat on because this wraps up our regular season over six picks over six NHL picks. And I locked up the Arizona coyotes and they got the job done in overtime to keep me at 100% of my locks for the year. Um, I would have been choked, honestly. Like, I mean, I've had a good run. I would have been absolutely choked if I would have lost it on that. But Phil the Thrill, 250-pound Phil, hot dog Phil, and the boys got it done for the bandit.
1: Did you see that picture of Phil Kessel this oh, past Oh, my week? goodness. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen nipples that hard.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that's where you were going. I thought you were going with this guy looks like he's been literally only eating hot dogs during quarantine. Well, which, well, by the is... way, we're not we're not fat shaming anybody, right? Like, this is not, like, we we're, we're not picking on him.
1: And he's always been a heavier guy, but, like, holy smokes. Like, it, it's bad. If you went to, like, Europe, let's say, and showed that picture to a 100 people, there was not one person who would say he's a professional athlete. No.
0: They, they, they would say he's American, which they'd be right.
1: <laughs> yeah. He right? definitely looks very American in oh, that yeah. photo.
0: Like, I don't know what – I seriously don't know his regiment. But, I mean, even crazier, this guy's been putting – putting pucks in the net like I mean he can't score on a breakaway but he's been putting pucks in the net so um hey gotta do what you gotta do I mean I, I just wonder if like there's ever a guy who you know went to body check him like when he was with the Leafs like four or five six whatever many years ago it was and just could just crush this guy and then now you try to hit him and it's just like hitting a wall like this guy just doesn't move
1: yeah so just wrapping up our picks for the season then if you followed our picks if you bet on every pick you would have been profitable either way So I saw 52% overall, 75% on the locks. So I'm okay with that. It's not great. It's not bad. It's still, you bet on me every week. You're going to make money. 50%
0: on hockey is good.
1: You had a great year, 66% overall, 100% on the locks. That's just fantastic. Applause to you.
0: That will be, that is some cha-ching, cha-ching. When we eventually have the budget for sound effects, I'll throw some of that in there, but, um, Yeah, I mean, considering, too, that I had, like, a three-week cooler, um, that percentage could have been way higher if I even just got, you know, 50% of those right. I would have been in probably close to 70%, but finished the year strong, another four-for-four week for me, locked up my locks. So, um, hey, this is why you listen to us on the Over6 Sports Podcast. We give you... Uh, We give you quality picks. We're not just some scrubs, man. We're not professional cappers by any means, but 52%, 75% unlocks, and 66% and 100% unlocks. Hey, I'll take that any day of the week and twice on
1: Sunday. Way to go, Turf King. So we're not going to get any real plays on these weekends anymore, but we're going to touch base on most of these games. I mean, we'll both have a lot more time to watch all the teams now, which is exciting. I'm super excited to see some of these U.S. teams See how good they are, and I mean, we we don't know the West yet. Though that's not going to be finalized till today, possibly tomorrow. But hopefully by next week's pod, we can touch base on those two series and see where we're at. We know Vegas and Colorado won't play each other. They'll be playing the Wild and St. Louis. But uh, let's move into kind of our preview for the East. I'm going to go backwards here because I know the last one we're going to touch on might be a little more heated and take a little longer. So. We'll start it off with the Pens versus Isles. What's kind of your yeah. thoughts going into this series, Burke? Yeah, so just to
0: clarify, like so we're just going to yeah, as camp said, we'll we'll do a preview of all of these when so next week uh on the podcast. I think the playoffs are starting Wednesday for everybody except for the the Leafs of the, the North Division. They start Saturday, I believe.
1: Yeah, most most of the stuff will start this Saturday, but the North Division is still uh. finishing up. So okay. we, we'll have some idea by next week on some of these U.S. series, but the North Division series won't be starting till next Wednesday. So then next week,
0: are we going to do kind of weekend mm-hmm. picks again or how are we going to do this? We got to throw some sort of gambling uh, and we haven't talked about this. So like this is this is live. This is us deciding now. This is the beauty of it. So I, we got to figure out here how wh- how we're going to how we're going to gamble on this.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot tougher in series, full seven-game series, trying to pick mm-hmm. games, especially if there's going to be two or three by the time we pick them on Tuesday or Wednesday next week, by the time we get to the weekend. But we'll we'll try and figure something out for next week. Let's do it.
0: All right, so anyway, Pens uh, versus the Islanders. Um, let's, uh, yeah, so uh, Pittsburgh, I, I mean, they're tied with Washington at 77 points. I mean, they've kind of been they've kind of been sneaky good, eh? Like they they didn't really you know, knock anybody's socks off early on in the year with their talent, but they just plugged away, plugged away, plugged away and got it done. Islanders on the other hand, you love betting on them on locks. Um, that's one of your favorite things. It just doesn't seem like they've – I don't know. It's just a weird – I just have this gut feeling. It just doesn't seem like they have it. And Pittsburgh just has that winning pedigree, right? They've – winning two cups in the last five years, like there's just – you can't teach teams how to win, so I, I like Pittsburgh in this series. I just think that in general they'll they they should have some more success. I'm going to take Pittsburgh in six over the New York Islanders.
1: Yeah, like Pittsburgh's just been the biggest Jekyll and Hyde team this year. They'll like lose eight one one game and then win seven two the next game. It's just been so up and down. The Islanders are one of the most consistent teams. They don't score a ton, but they don't let in a ton either. They're just very like. Their goalies have been phenomenal all season. They're just boring. They're just boring. They play boring hockey. Yeah, I mean, they play Barry Trotz-style hockey. It's very boring, very Mm 200-foot. Let your goalie make some easy saves and do all that. Uh, Yeah, I think i got to go Pittsburgh. I'm going to go Pittsburgh in seven. I think they're just, again, so Jekyll and Hyde, their goalies aren't going to show up in some of these games. But I think they're gonna their skill, their experience, everything like that's gonna show up in Game Six and Seven, and they're gonna win the series in Seven. I think.
0: I, I any game that goes to game uh, to Game Seven, I'm I'm kind
1: of fine with honestly. <laughs> these East Division. I'll say one thing about all both these series and all four of these teams. If Pittsburgh wins in five, doesn't completely shock me. If the Isles win in five, not completely shocked. Same with the other series. Both Washington or Boston could win in five or seven, and it's just all four teams, to in my opinion, are just so close.
0: Yeah, I. This is one of those series that, like, and again, I'm not. So I'm not gonna log anything on these because the the beauty about the playoffs is that it's so unscripted and just it, it can go any way. And we've seen that in playoffs every year, forever and ever. Right. Eight seed being down three going on to win the Stanley cup. Right. Like it's, it's, it's just nuts. I mean, the thing is with this series is, is, as you said, I could absolutely see Washington just running them over and winning in five and yeah, Boston likewise, man, they're, they're both extremely talented teams. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate pick here, so I'm gonna take Washington and seven. I think that this series is one of the most likely series to go to seven, even though I think as as you said, I think that it could be over in five games. Um, this one would not shock me. I just I think both teams are, and like, I actually like Washington and Boston more than I like Pittsburgh. Honestly, like I just I know that that Pittsburgh you know locked up the division, they got up that spot, they earned the right to play the Islanders. But I mean, hey, they're tied with Washington. The only difference was their um was the regulation wins. And I mean, whatever. Like your regulation wins, it can go it can just be a couple of stupid things that make the difference here. So um yeah, as I said, Washington and seven is I think where I'm leaning for this one.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go Washington and six here. I just think Washington's built better for this year. They're deeper on the back end. They've managed to get some goaltending. Their goaltending is a big question mark to me, but they've showed that they can score the goal. They've won the cup recently. I like a lot of things Washington does. Boston's D just scares me too much. They've had too much turnover and net this year. It looks like Rask is going to be fine for the playoffs, and Swayman's going to be backing him up. Halak's going to be their third string to start the playoffs. I just don't like their back end or goaltending, and they struggle struggled to score at times. I know Terrell Hall's been playing well. He has like seven goals since the trade deadline. But I just like Washington in this spot. I think Washington's just a bigger, stronger team, built better for the playoffs than this Boston team, which seems crazy thinking that Washington's more of a playoff-ready team than Boston in a year. But I just like Washington, and I think they're going to take it in six.
0: I also just don't want to see Boston anywhere near a conference final. Like, no thanks. Like, just get like get them out of here. I don't want to deal with it. Um, I mean, let's just be honest here. If the Leafs lost to the Habs, it would be insufferable. But, like, let's just say the Leafs make it to a conference final and they play Boston and they lose to Boston. Like, it it would be tragic. And that's an understatement.
1: So just kind of wrapping up the East then, we both kind of have pens and caps. And in this crazy year, we'd have Crosby versus Ovechkin again. And, I mean, sign me up for another playoff series of those two.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, Are we going to... Yeah, so I mean we're going to we'll go through the second round in a couple weeks. Um I'm assuming that's what we'll do. So, um just kind of a preview of that though. I mean, let's give give me a 10-second pick on this, but let's just say that our picks went through and it was Pens versus uh versus Caps. Um, again, I w- I would stick with the Caps. I think you got to stick with the most recent champs and I just think they're a more physical team. I think that they're again built for they're just built for playoff hockey and I would have uh Caps and 6 on this one.
1: Yeah, I got Caps and I'll go seven here. I just, again, like their back end better. Pittsburgh's back end's a little questionable. Their goaltending's been so up and down. And I just like Washington as a playoff team. I mean, everyone hates the guy, but Tom Wilson is a playoff type hockey player. And I just like some of those guys they have. Ovechkin's shown that he can take that next step when they need him to. And I like the Caps over the Pens if, if it gets there.
0: I just kind of hope that Vegas gets to play Washington at some point because I would love to see a Reeves-Wilson fight. I just think that would be so
1: awesome. Yeah, it would be interesting for sure. Come playoff time, Reeves versus Wilson, it would be super interesting.
0: And there will be fans too. Let's just like – let's let's remember this, right? Most buildings in the U.S. are going to have fans back. Um If Wilson and Reeves, even just off the first draw, just threw threw their gloves off and they had a ding, ding, ding in whatever place they're playing, whether it's in Vegas, oh my gosh, like the roof would blow off the building.
1: Yeah, it'd be super exciting. It's one of those things that you want to see. So, uh, I mean, we'll just uh, move from there into the central, which is kind of interesting. So we'll start this one off with the Canes and Predators. The Canes winning that division. Kind of shocked a lot of people, I'd say.
0: Yeah, I, yeah I, I can't disagree with that. I mean, the Canes have had some playoff success more recently than uh, some other teams which won't be named. But if you look at that division, too, um, I mean, it's just like every division, right? It was really a four-horse race right from the start, and not even. Like, there there's only three teams that were winning that division. It was either going to be Florida, Carolina, or Tampa. Everybody else, in my opinion, don't. I don't think had a chance. I I don't. I mean, I know Dallas that you're, was you, yeah, Dallas was in the Cup going.
1: Finals last year.
0: Yeah. Well, I I but see, I actually think that's an anomaly. Like I because it was pretty obvious, and and maybe it's because of the COVID start. Like maybe this the, these COVID outbreaks that teams had actually had a much more of an effect than we thought it did. Because Vancouver got killed by it. Dallas, right off the start of the year, you
1: thought, okay, well, they still get to play all their games, but maybe they just it just they couldn't recover from it. I don't know. Yeah, you look at it. Like, Dallas had a super condensed schedule, some of the worst COVID, and they were without Tyler Sagan for all of what, three games? So yep. there was a lot of factors there that hurt them. I think they were a better team than Nashville. I was actually hoping they snuck in. So, well, I, like yeah, a, I, I, liked, three, I like that. I like, I like, there's three teams now.
0: Yeah, I, I liked that uh, Dallas put the Carolina Hurricanes logo in the Dallas green on their profile. That was pretty good.
1: Yeah, no, to, that's just super yeah. fun. It's And Carolina's Twitter is usually one of the best, so it's nice seeing Dallas kind of joking around with their Twitter and stuff and just having fun with it. It's nice to see from teams.
0: I mean, at that point, what are you going to do, right? Like, the <laughs> fate of your playoffs is in another team's hands, which is never a position that you want to be in. So, you know, you generally want to, you know, even if you're down by – you know, four points or three left. At least you can win the games. Um, unfortunately for Dallas, that didn't happen. But kind of getting back to the the series, you know, Canes versus Nashville. Um I don't think that Nashville has a prayer. I mean, unless UC Saros stands on his head and grows another arm, like I just don't see it. I, I've got I've got Canes in five on this one. Um I, I could maybe like I think Saros can probably steal one game but I don't think he's stealing two, three, four games. Like, no, I I just don't see that happening.
1: No, that's basically the exact same way I see it. Carolina has slightly better scoring depth, I think. Their defense is better. Their goaltending is about even. I'll give the edge to Nashville with Saros. But the Preds struggle to score. They do everything. To me, this is the most lopsided series that's going to be the first round. And I see the Canes taking it in five as well. I think Saros will steal a game. He'll make it interesting in a couple others. But the Canes are the much better team. I don't really think the Preds deserve to be in the playoffs. I don't think they're good enough, and uh, they just snuck in there, and Saros is a huge reason. So he could steal a game or two, but he's not stealing this series. Carolina's just too good. Yeah, I think the one problem that I'm having with this is, like, I haven't watched
0: Carolina play at all. So, I'm you know, you're basing what you've seen off of, like, I've seen them a little bit in highlights and whatnot, but, and I know your boy Brock McGinn plays for him, right? So you've probably seen a little bit more than maybe I have. But like it just like when you're looking at this division like before the year would have started like I know that Tampa didn't have uh, Kucherov and and you know Stamkos was injured for a lot of the year which he always is because he's a chug jug but um like I didn't I didn't see Carolina being there and I just don't know like are are they built for that playoff success?
1: Yeah, they're super deep. Their back end is so good. And they're just, like, they've been so underrated for years now. Nobody talks about them because they're not super flashy. Like, Sebastian Ajo is a good player. They got a really good D. They get good goaltending. And they're just those really solid teams. I think they're built for playoffs perfectly. And they have depth. And they can score with their depth. Even a guy like Brock, he had a goal in, like, double overtime a couple years ago. They have those guys who can score when they need them to. And the guys who are just built for playoff hockey. So, yeah, like, I just... They're super underrated, and this series, to me, shouldn't be close.
0: Well, let's look at the other series in the the division. You got the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Florida Panthers.
1: Yeah, so this is a super interesting series, just touching on it. First time ever they're going to play in a series against each other for and being both the from same Florida. state. Being in the same state and everything, it's super interesting. Like you talk about Montreal, Toronto, not since 1979. These two teams have never played each other, which you thought would have happened one of these years because they've both been in the playoffs. They both had okay success in years in the playoffs. But, I mean, this will be a super interesting series, I think. Well,
0: and I think what it's really going to come down to is, I mean, and you're going to hear this from us a lot, right? I mean, goaltending is obviously going to be huge. Any team that has bad goaltending in the playoffs, you don't win series. That's just how it goes. Um, Kucherov is going to be ready to go for the start of the series. Stamkos is supposedly going to be ready to go. Who knows if he plays one game two? like, I have no idea. Like I just, I don't have any faith in Stamkos. Kucherov on the other hand, um, you know, I, he's been practicing and whatnot. And I just, you know, can, can he make that much of a difference? I mean, he's an amazing talent. Don't get me wrong, but not playing all year and then diving right into playoffs. It can't be easy. Um, I think of anybody that can do it. I mean, Kucherov's definitely one of the guys that can. Um, I'm going to go, so I'm going to take Tampa in six here. And there's two reasons. The first reason for Tampa in six is, again, they won the Cup last year. Um, And, and, you know, sometimes teams that win the Cup the year before don't necessarily have the same success last year, right? They have that Cup hangover, which maybe you saw this year with them ending up in third. I think there was more injuries than cup hangover. But again, same thing with Washington. Like teams that win the cup, and same with P- Pittsburgh, teams that win the cup and know how to win continue to win. Florida's really never even really had a sniff. And yeah, I just, I just think that Kucherov will come back. I think he will make a difference. At least, we'll give a jolt to the team, and they've got other guys in that team. Um, you know, brain point. Like they, they got other guys who are going to be able to contribute in a meaningful way. And the second reason was every time I bet on Florida, they lose. So I'm just going to go with Tampa s- six games and and just uh, just call it a day.
1: Yeah, the series is super interesting to me. The big question mark for Tampa is Victor Hedman. He's going to need surgery at the end of the year. They've said that. he sat out a couple of games recently. He's really struggling, but he says he's going to play. Victor Edmund might be their most important player on that team. And if he's not 100%, that kind of worries me. And especially if he's nowhere near 100%, that worries me. But then you look at across the ice, and Florida doesn't have Aaron Eckblad. So that's pretty much a wash there. I just think, yeah, you got to go with the experience here. I really like... The Panthers. I think they're a really good team. Barkov, Huberdo, Verhegy. They got a lot of really good pieces. Ekblad's a great piece when he's healthy. But they're just missing Ekblad. Their goaltending, I don't trust. I still can't trust it. So I'm going to take Tampa, but I'm going to say seven games. Victor Hedman's going to be a big difference here. If he's healthy, they could win this in five or six. If he's not anywhere near 100%, they could lose this in six or seven. But I'm going to trust them to win it in seven.
0: The one thing that I will say again, just in the t- in the defense of Tampa, I mean, Vasilievsky has a two point two one goals against average. He's got a nine two six save percentage, so he's in the top, like he, he's he's in the top of the league in terms of in terms of goaltending stats, and I think he leads the league in wins as well as the goalie. Um, you know, I mean, he's played a lot of games. Frankly, he's played like 41, 42 games, which is a ton in a short season, um, but. You know, if if he is playoff as he, um, just like any goalie, man, like as I said before, if if you have a good goaltender, then you are gonna go a long way. And if can he turn up the heat? Can he? Can his two point two one and nine two six? Can he? Can he jump that up and get to like a one point eight and like a nine forty? If he can get up there, then I think it could be over in five. But as I said, I think six is the way to go for me.
1: Yeah, so we're basically basically on the same page here. We got Canes versus Lightning. Then, what do you see kind of happening there then, Burke, in this second round if it does go this way? Well, if it does go this
0: way, I think the big thing to look at is is you know what will happen injury wise. I think that this will affect Tampa more than it affects Carolina, frankly. Um, you know, like if if Stamkos comes out and can't get it going. Um, you know, and, and and has a setback. If Hedman has another setback, I mean, if Hedman get has a setback and is out day to day, they're they're toast. Like I just don't see it happening. And then, as I said too, can Kucherov get it done? So if none of those things are good and they still manage to squeak out a series win versus Florida, then I think the Canes are in an amazing position to get the job done here. Um, and again, as I said, it comes down to goaltending two. too. Um, my gut feeling is that I think that Tampa. And our listener Nate's not gonna like me for this, though. I, I think that they might run out of gas. I mean, Vazquez get played a lot, as I just said. Um, If it goes to seven versus Florida, as you said, he's gonna be playing more than likely every single one of those games, unless there's a blowout. So, you know, tack on another seven on top of the forty-two that he's already played this year, or forty-one he's already played this year. Ton of games. So, I, I'm gonna take Carolina. I'm gonna take Carolina in seven on that one. I think probably, but. Um, we'll make the call. I'll make I'll make a, another call when we see who's exactly going to be playing and, and what the injuries will be like.
1: Yeah, I feel pretty much the exact same way. If this series was the first series, I think I'm taking Carolina in seven. With Kucherov not playing a game, Stamkos kind of questionable, Hedman kind of questionable, I like the Canes. So after seven games, six or seven games against Florida – The Canes, I think, should have a pretty easy time with the Preds. I think the Canes would take it in six or seven, so I'd take Canes in seven if that's the way. I mean, if Hedman looks fine, Kucherov looks great, and Stamkos looks great, then Tampa, I think, is winning the series. But just they have too many question marks right now for me to feel confident in them. I mean, they're still the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're defending Stanley Cup champions. They deserve a lot of credit. But at the moment, they just have too many question marks for me to trust them. Yep, I'm with you, buddy. So we'll move into the north but we'll start it off with the Oilers and Jets.
0: So wait, we're going to we're going to skip the west cuz we don't know. Are we just yeah, going to we... go Well, let's 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 before we do that, let's get let's okay. do it hypothetically. Let's just do it hypothetically here cuz we we can we can surmise who might get in based on who they're playing, right? I mean, Colorado's got a couple easy games against LA. They're two points back. I mean, all um Vegas has to do is get one win, um, and they got one game left, right? So, and they're playing the Sharks tonight. So, you know, we might see it happen tonight. Um, I think that Vegas gets it done. I think they're, I think they're going to win tonight versus the uh, versus the Sharks. They'll they'll lock up the President's Trophy as well, which good for them. I mean, Vegas is just a crazy story. Um, also, side note on that, Vegas doesn't have to be a part of the expansion the expansion draft with Seattle this year, which is nuts. So, they're not losing any of their players. Like, talk about an absolute amazing advantage i know a lot of fans are bitching about that but hey when they joined the league that was part of the deal you know if another team came in with the next five years they got exempt from the expansion draft
1: yeah that was the deal with all the previous expansions in the nhl it always has been and it will be going forward i mean it does make sense they really should get the short end of the stick it's not their fault that the rest of the nhl was dumb and traded them extra players who ended up being stars (laughs) like you can't penalize them for that, most expansion teams do not have the success that Vegas has had. So they're a big anomaly here.
0: Yeah, so I think you're going to see Vegas versus St. Louis. Um, so let's just go with that. I think the standings will probably remain as they are. So um, Vegas or St. Louis, I, I've got I've got Vegas in five here. Um, St. Louis, I mean, if you look at their points this year, I mean, they've only they won 25 games. They had 59 points. They only had uh, – and they've got two games left, by the way. But they, they're only – Five points ahead of Arizona. They're only 10 points ahead of L.A., and those are two bad teams. And I just, you know, St. Louis, couple of years coming off of winning the Cup, they've lost some key guys over the last couple of years, especially on defense, and Vegas is just the good team, maybe the team to beat. So I think Vegas in five is a pretty easy one to go for.
1: Yeah, to me, no matter what happens here, like I think Minnesota's going to put up a better fight than St. Louis, but Vegas and Colorado are maybe the top two teams in the league and clearly in this division. So yeah, if it's Vegas versus St. Louis, this is over in five. Vegas is deeper. They're better at basically every position. Ryan O'Reilly's not going to win a series by himself, how good he is. Vegas in five, and I mean, I don't even really need to divulge too much into this series, I don't think. So we'll go the other way then. We have Colorado versus Minnesota then in the other series. And for me, I... This will be a series. Minnesota, I don't think anybody really wants to play. They're an interesting team. I don't know how good they actually are. I'll be honest, I haven't watched much of them. I've watched a lot of Colorado, and I love what I see from Colorado. they got Nathan McKinnon. They have Kale McCarr. Grubauer's been phenomenal. To me, Colorado wins this one in six, and, man, i was looking forward to a Vegas versus Colorado. I'm going hot take.
0: I'm going spicy hot take because I've been pretty we've been pretty chalky. I mean, a couple of these series are kind of pickums, like you know, Pitt Islanders watching in Boston. Like these are all pickums, and then we've kind of had 3 gimmies. i um, I'm going to take the Minnesota Wild over Colorado in seven. Um, I think that they have enough there to get it done. Um, I mean, they've got the Rookie of the Year more than likely. Um, they've got some pretty good goaltending. The, the real thing that I'm looking at is is not how good Minnesota is. It's Colorado sometimes just doesn't come to play. And, and and there's lots of teams that do that, right? Like the Leafs do it all the time. The Leafs sometimes just roll in. They're like, yeah, we're not playing today. We'll, we'll put up a couple goals, and that's all that. Um, I don't know. There's, there's got to be an upset somewhere. There, I, I would love to see Colorado versus Vegas, by the way. But. They're, they're one one of these really good teams is going to get upset. Maybe we'll look at that in the North Division, but one of these good teams is going to get upset. I don't think it's going to be completely chalky, so why want to throw a dart at the board,
1: Minnesota over Colorado in seven. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go somewhere off the board there, then that's a place to go. I mean, I think Colorado's one of the best teams in the league, and I can't see them losing to Minnesota, but. Crazier things have happened,
0: man. Like seriously, like Tampa got swept by by Columbus in four uh, two years ago, right? So, I mean, as I said, crazier things. And Columbus was not a good team either. I mean, they were like they they, but they just came up with a game plan that worked against that team. I'm not saying I think necessarily it's going to happen, but would it shock me? Not really.
1: Oh, Columbus wasn't a great team. Like they definitely weren't as good as Tampa. They were better coached they won the president's trophy not like not as no. good as tampa is an understatement yeah no but they were better coached and in a seven game series if you come in with a better game plan you can win oh, tortorella yeah tortorella showed that year after year with multiple teams that tampa team that he led to the cup wasn't the best team that year they had some of the best players yeah but he's proven time and time again he is a great playoff coach and great at coming up with a game plan
0: I don't know, Marty St. Louis, Vincent Lecavier. Oh, Rod
1: Richards. They had some phenomenal Richards. players.
0: Oh, that that was like, I. by the way, don't get too off track? I remember watching that and being like, and they were, it was against the Oilers, right? So, um, Or it was Calgary. I forget. It was one of the teams out west that they, they beat. I think it was Calgary. Um, But uh, that was a crusher. Now, I remember watching. I think that went to game seven. I was like, ah, oh, St. Yes, Louis.
1: Anyway. So then you're gonna. I'll let you touch first. Then so you're gonna have Vegas versus Minnesota.
0: Oh, I think Vegas. Will, I think Vegas will win that. I I don't. I don't see how Vegas doesn't come out of that division. Honestly, like and, and you know when it gets into the later stuff, I think that it'll be more interesting. But I just don't see how Vegas is not making it out of the uh, um, the West Division. Like I just, it's. I think it's pretty well a foregone conclusion, unless their goalies disappear or they get bradied and injured. Like I don't. I have than that. I think it's pretty well a lock. I mean, I think Vegas would take that one and probably probably six. I think Vegas over Minnesota in six games.
1: Yeah, to me, if it goes Vegas, Colorado, which I think it will, I'm going to take Colorado. They've actually played the season series better against Vegas and they're just high-end skills there. The biggest question mark's Grubauer. He's not really proven. He's had some really good playoff success, but he's not nearly as proven as Fleury or Leonard the other way. But I just like their depth. I like their high end talent. Like McKinnon and McCarr are just ridiculous. Ranton and Landis Cog. I know Vegas has Stone, who's phenomenal, and their goaltending's phenomenal. But I like Colorado. I mean, right now, if I was taking a pick for the Stanley Cup, I like the Avalanche, and I think they're the team to beat in that division. Well, I
0: like, I mean, it's not a bad, t- I mean, that's kind of a spicy take. I think most people would probably take Vegas, right? So, um, hey, guess we'll see. But let's move into the most talked about division on our show which is the scotia bank north division and we will save the best for last and start with edmonton uh over the jets and frankly i don't think that this one will take us that long
1: yeah so i got an interesting stat for you if anyone thought that the jets might win this series because of hellebuck mike smith has been more consistent and a better goaltender than connor hellebuck this season
0: I mean, I think that the eye test over the last month can tell you that because Hellebuck can't stop anything. Like, I mean, as soon as the like they played the Leafs in that series where it was close and he was stopping everything, I'm fairly certain in the 45 save game he had or whatever that he used up all his saves for the season. He just he just frankly ran out of saves.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've never really been a fan of Hellebuck. Just the way he plays, like as a goaltender, watching the way he plays. I mean, not that I'm a fan of watching Mike Smith. If you watch the way he plays, either. But I don't really trust either goaltending in this series. So I don't think, like, the Jets, oh, well, we got Hellebuck. He's a reigning Vezna. He's going to – no, I don't see it. He's been too inconsistent.
0: If Mike Smith starts the series.
1: Yeah, Mike Smith is starting. There is zero way the Oilers are putting Miko Koskinen in. Didn't he get pulled tonight for concussion protocol? No, he probably should have, but he didn't end up. He got a knee Um, to the head, was rubbing his face – Rubbing his eyes really took him a while to get up, and they didn't pull him.
0: Mm, Well, we'll see. I mean, I I don't think a spotter is going to pull him right before the playoffs. Like, that's the one thing, right? Like, they're so diligent about it. And I know it's an independent guy, and I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but
1: yeah, you can't pull their number one guy right before the playoffs. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, it's so hard with a goalie, too. Like, a player, you miss two shifts, maybe it's not a big deal. Pulling out a goalie in a tight game, you're like, how do you really do that? I know it's not like... If we're talking health and safety in here, you got to do it either way, but it's got to be such a hard decision. But just kind of going back to this series, I don't see how Edmonton doesn't win this in five or six. I'm going to take them in six games just because you never know. Without Ealers, this Winnipeg defense is awful. They're just not good at all. I haven't liked them all year. I don't really... I mean, they got high end scoring, so they can do that, and they can match pretty much most teams with that. But I just don't like them, so I'm going to take Edmonton and six here.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go the other way, and no, I'm not taking Winnipeg. By the way, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say five. I know you you'd said five or six. I'm going to take Edmonton and five. Um, the the one caveat to this is that if the Winnipeg Jets can come up with a game plan to shut down McDavid, I think you've got a chance. If you look at. Um, you know, if you look at how many players have points on that team, or like lots of multi-points, Um, McDavid—it's like McDavid and then two others, two, three others. Drysaddle's obviously up there; he's number two. Um, They have an extreme lack of secondary scoring; they just can't do it. And 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 they got and McDavid like let's not let's not—I mean—he's a hundred points and fifty-three is impressive, but they—you get a lot of power play points, and there's just not as many. Like they're lethal on the power play, but there's just not as many. Power plays in the playoffs, and that happens every single year, whether you like it or you hate it. That's just how it goes. So they're going to have to get more five on five scoring. McDavid can't play 40 minutes a night, dryside can't play 40 minutes a night. So you're going to have to rely on that secondary scoring. I think the Jets actually have better depth overall on offense, they don't have the best players in the like in the series, but sometimes that depth, and we're going to get to that in a little bit here, but on a different series, but sometimes that depth can, can make a massive difference. So um, I, I still think you're Edmonton in five. I still think that they get them rolling. Cause I just don't think the Jets goaltending is good enough. But if, but if the Jets can, I could see the Jets in seven, that would not, that might, that wouldn't shock me is all I'm trying to get at.
1: No, it, it wouldn't shock me completely. I mean, I think things really have to go bad for Edmonton. I think Mike Smith's got to really not show up. But that's the thing. Yes, there's less power plays in penalties in the playoffs, but it's just more important, those power plays you get. And that's where you just can't do it. And the Jets play physical. I've seen some of their guys take some stupid penalties. You can't do that against Edmonton. And again, I just don't think this is going to be as close of a series as some people are thinking. But it wouldn't shock me if the Jets push this to seven and somehow steal it.
0: Well, and as I said, if, I mean, if, if Hellebuck comes and plays out of his mind too, I mean, that'll change the whole dynamic, right? I just it's, I, I just think it's really hard to do, right? Where you haven't been good all season, and then you just turn it on for the playoffs. I mean, it's possible, but I just don't
1: see that happening. Yeah, I mean, we have to give him some credit. He is the reigning Vesna. He's been decent. You got to give him credit where credit's due. So he does have the potential to be a really good one, but we'll see moving forward here if he can be it in this series. There's not that much time to prove it.
0: Well, should we get into it?
1: Yeah, so I just want to start this one off. So we do have Montreal-Toronto, the first time since 1979. Super exciting. I mean, it's a series everyone wanted to see before the year. This is one of the ones when you looked at the North schedule, the North standings, the way we were working this year, everyone wanted to see Montreal-Toronto playoffs. All I'm hearing today on the radio is the Leafs fans and Leafs should be super disappointed as this isn't over in four or five do the Leafs fans and Leafs in general have the right to think they should win a series in four or five, or should they just be happy to win a series if they win one? Um,
0: Yeah. I mean, no, you can't be disappointed if it's not done in four or five. I think that's just stupid. I'm one of the more, and you know this, I'm one of the more level headed Leaf fans and we've talked about that a lot. And I, and I, you know, I criticize them when I think they're wrong. I praise them when I think they've done well. And, for any team to have an expectation in the playoffs to win in four or five, or that's a disappointment, and to me is a joke, right? Like, all of these teams, even though Montreal backdoored it in, there's a lot of mitigating circumstances with, with for, you know, for why teams don't necessarily perform as well during the regular season. And you have to do a deeper dive in that. I just, no. So, yeah, no. To answer your question, I no. I think that's... I. When you did mention that to me, I was like, this is, that's just a ridiculous thing. Like, seriously, Leaf fans, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. If if that's what you're disappointed about, if the Leafs lose, then, then, then what? Like, are you, like, are you jumping off? Like, what is happening here then? Because I mean, I, I, I would be a hundred percent. Okay. With the Leafs winning in six, right? I, I or five or, or seven. I don't really care. Get past the first round. Like, get the monkey off the back. It's amazing what can happen when that like when the monkey's off, right?
1: Yeah, but that's the thing. I'm, like, listening to this, and I'm like, Leafs fans and the Leafs haven't won a playoff series since when? 04? Oh, they do not have a right to think they should win a series in four or five. Yeah, they should probably think they should win this series. Nobody's saying they shouldn't or shouldn't be the favorites in this series. But to be so specific to say, yeah, they should really try and sweep this series. Sorry, Leafs fans. You don't have a right to think that or say that right now. You can, for sure, say you're the favorites in this series, but that's taking it way too far. Every team should be trying to sweep the series,
0: right? Like that's what you're. You know, you're you're you should one hundred percent be trying to sweep the series. But if it doesn't happen, why would you be disappointed about that, right? Uh, if, if you asked any NHL team, you said, Hey, would you like to sweep this series? What team is going to say, You know what? I'd rather lose. I'd rather win in five or six. I feel like that would, you know, give us a good. No, like no team is doing that. But just because that's what you want does not mean that's the most realistic option. And let me go on my little. Uh, do, you want, do you want to go first on your opinion here? Or do you want me to go first?
1: No, you go ahead. You've had uh, lots of Leafs rants this year. So uh, let's hear one more. Okay. So.
0: I'll start it off with this. Leafs should win this series in six games. This is where I see it going. I think the Leafs in six is reasonable. Um, The way that I see it playing out is, well, I think it's going to be Leafs in six. At least win the first game, it's Leafs in six. Could be less, but I think it's Leafs in six if they win the first game. If they lose the first game, again, high possibility at six, I could see it going to seven. But I think the first game is going to be extremely important. Toronto has been horrible. Out of the gate in the playoffs the last couple years. They lose the first game, and then now you're chasing. And the Leafs are not good at chasing. They're much better with the lead. Until they play Boston, they're up 3-2, and then they blow it. Or 3-1. But you know what I mean. They're just they they they're better when they're in control. If the Leafs can play their game, then they will win this series. Right? If they can play their if they can stretch the ice, you know, move the puck. You know, be fluent, not get bogged down in the neutral zone, not trying any fancy stuff, pucks in deep. I mean, these are all classic cliches that you've heard, but this is the type of playoff hockey that you need to play. The Leafs are finally, finally built. To actually play a physical game. They're 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 good, you know, they've got guys who can go in the corners, get the puck. They've got Felino, they've got Hyman, um, you know, they've got speed. Martyrs and Matthews, uh, you know, Martin Matthews can't can obviously be overlooked, but they have enough depth there that they might not have the most skilled guys at three and four, but they have guys that aren't gonna cost them games, which I think is a big difference with other teams. Like I think Edmonton, they have third and fourth lines that could cost them games if McDavid doesn't put up points. I don't think the Leafs have that i think they've got enough depth and enough veteran presence down low that those guys on the third and fourth line you know they're gonna go out and you know they're gonna not do anything stupid hopefully that's all you got to do and then let the big boys take care of it like that's all you got to do and let's and and before i hand it over to you like i look at the the goaltending is the other thing so frederick anderson's playing tonight um and the leafs are the leafs weren't resting anybody tonight so um and you know the sends are up one nothing right now um, I, I thought it was important to get Anderson into a game for sure. Um, it's going to be really, really tough. You put it beautifully, actually. You said um, you got to start Freddie because if Freddie doesn't perform well in game one, you can move to Campbell. If you start with Campbell, you can't go back to Freddie because his confidence is gone. I 100% agree with, with that statement. You, you got you to do it, right? So even if Freddie loses the first game, you know, you've got that backup in Campbell. But your goalies have to be one of your best players on the ice and it's enough it's just enough like every year we talk about you know oh well freddy's not a playoff goal enough snuff you want your big like if fred wants his big contract he's going to come out and play campbell if you want us to be on this team next year you need to come out and perform at a high caliber if the leafs don't get out of the first round this year i guarantee you that half of this team will not be here there's enough cap restraints there's enough there's enough um you know, there's enough guys that are that are on re- expiring deals, guys that need to be re-signed. If they don't get it done, I mean, I think the team gets blown up anyway. But it will be
1: even more blown up if you don't get out of the first round. Buckle down and get it done. So here's my one last question, just to touch base on everything you kind of said there. What is the one key for the Leafs to win this series? Well, I mean, I think the,
0: the, the one thing that I would say is you really need to limit your turnovers. Because I don't think that they play bad positional defense in their in their zone. But the one thing every time I watch, uh, you know, versus Winnipeg versus Montreal, they make stupid pinches, guys don't get back, or they do neutral zone turnovers, and you're getting two-on-ones, three-on-ones going the other way, and the puck's in the back of the net. And it happens a lot. And I specifically remember an instance when they were playing Winnipeg, and I texted you and I say. Stop turning the puck over to these guys because every time it goes down the on a two on one, it's in the back of the net. And I think Montreal has enough skilled guys like Toffoli. Like Toffoli is going to be sitting on the left hand side, just waiting to put the puck in the net on every like, two on one.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the keys that Montreal's had this year is the counter attack. They got a ton of speed; they're a fast team. The counter has been one, one of Montreal's keys for when they're winning games and playing well. And so that word does kind of match up to one of the things the Leafs tend to get in the habit of doing is making turnovers and getting beat on counterattacks. So it's one of the keys for Montreal too, which I mean, counteracts exactly what the key is for Toronto.
0: And the only thing I'll ever say about the Leafs, I'll let you take it over. Um, I've talked you know a lot about the Leafs here, but um, you got to do something on the power play. You're not going to get very many opportunities because it's the playoffs. But when you do get an opportunity, your, your power play has been God awful. And Don Cherry I'm I hate I'm not a big Don Cherry fan. The one thing that Don Cherry said though is in the playoffs you put everything you have on net. Every, because you never know a bounce here off a stick whatever the case is, you never know when a bounce is going to go in. Especially when you're Matthews. Like like they keep trying to line it up for this Matthews blast. Like like they do Ovi. You're not Ovi. Put the puck on the, you, you, like you don't you're not Backstrom. Right? Like like don't just put the puck on the net and try to make your opportunities matter because you're not going to get many of them and if and that's the one thing the Leafs have been better than the Habs at this year is is um uh, I'm trying to think here was was that were they better on the power play? I think they were. Cuz you look at the game
1: this, earlier in the series lately Montreal has actually been better on the power well, play. Well, I mean like the Leafs years. just
0: can't score though, but yeah. the earlier in the year like you look at it Montreal outplays you all game. You get a you get a power play and you score and you're back in the game. If you get down in the series and you get down in the game and you get a chance, you got to capitalize on it. If you don't, you could be in for a tough one.
1: Yeah. No, there was a couple games early in the year where Montreal basically dominated all the play, dominated most of the game. And the Leafs have like three chances to go two for three on the power play and somehow win it. And you look at every stat other than the Leafs capitalize on high danger scoring chances. And they have the talent to do that. Matthews scores at a crazy high clip. I mean, he shoots a ton, but he scores at a high clip and they have the scoring and elite skill to do that.
0: So I, I, I that's, that's the end of my rant. I've got Leafs in six over the Habs. I would be happy with that. I, I don't think, as I said, I don't think that the Habs are a four-seed team, frankly. They were close enough to the Jets that they could have been third seed. I um, think Edmonton had, has McDavid, so them naturally in second's fine, but I don't think they're a final seed. So Leafs in six for me.
1: Yeah, this is kind of an odd one for me to touch on. I mean, I would have felt way better about this series if Montreal was healthy. For parts of the last month, they've been missing Gallagher, Tatar, Deneau, Weber, Druin, Price. That's a lot of their top guys. They were missing four out of their top five scores from last season for a big stretch here down the stretch. So it's been tough. I mean, you're missing your best player. You're missing your captain. You're missing your most important player, which is proven. He's a thir- Gallagher's a 30-goal guy every year who just plays hard. He gets every team moving. The crazy stat was Montreal has a 560 winning percentage with him in the lineup. Without him in the lineup, it's close to 420. They're just terrible without Gallagher in the lineup. He will be ready. I just don't know how healthy they'll be. Basically, touching on this series and where I see it going, I see the Leafs taking it in six. I mean, if the Habs come out healthy, Carey price is what it is. I see it being, everyone's talking all Leafs might sweep this series. The Habs win this in seven before the Leafs sweep this series. That's my take yeah, I on it. Can,
0: I, yeah, I can't argue that.
1: Like, the Habs are a decent team. They've struggled through COVID. They've struggled through a ton of injuries. Yeah, the Leafs are the better team. They're the favorites. They should be. But I don't think it takes that much for Montreal to really push this to seven or win it. The keys for me are depth. Montreal's third and fourth lines are better than Toronto's. Their depth on D is better. Their top-end talent is not as good. There's no questioning that. And then the other big question mark is goaltending. Carey Price at his peak is better than anybody the Leafs can throw a net. Carey Price has been injured most of the year and a little inconsistent this season. But if Kerry Price is Carey Price, he can steal three, four games, no problem at his peak. He did it last year against Pittsburgh. He played phenomenal. You got contributions from Suzuki and Kotkaniemi and they beat Pittsburgh and they should have beat Philly if it wasn't for Carter Hart standing on his head.
0: So let me ask you this. Let's go the other way. So, you asked me about the keys to the Leafs of how they're going to be successful. What do the Habs have to avoid? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you're saying Leafs and Six, so you don't think the Habs are going to be able to get it done. But if the Habs are to be successful, um, you know, as you said, they're going to have to, their depth is going to have to do well. But what are the big things that they have to avoid playing the Leafs?
1: Basically, it's just going to be containing that first line and not making dumb turnovers to them. We've seen it too much this year, where Weber or Edmondson has made a Sharad has made a terrible turnover in his own end, and it takes one shot for Matthews or Marner to put it in. So it's just el- eliminating those D turnovers in your own end. Other than that, Montreal's played really well. Dano's played Matthews' line really well this season when he's been in there. I mean, Matthews kind of ran over the team the other day without Dano. But, I mean, you got Nathan McKinnon saying the centerman he hates playing against the most in the league is Philip Deneau. So he's a huge key to their team, but it's just got to be their defense not turning it over in the slot. That's kind of their Achilles heel. That's what's killed them. The Habs, most games, you look at the stats at the end of the day, they don't give up much high-danger scoring chances, but they give up a ridiculous amount of those chances. It's like, oh, yeah, they'll give up four in this game. They'll out-chance this team 10-4, to but three of those four chances were in the back of their net.
0: Right. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's a thing, right? I mean, so the, the one thing I don't like about the high danger scoring chances is, is like, I, I you know, I saw a clip once of, like, here's all the high danger scoring chances, and I'm like, some of these maybe shouldn't be high danger scoring chances. I know that there's parameters around it and whatnot. Yeah, it's but it's just
1: the home plate, like the slot. It's basically just the slot not being blocked. So anything that makes it to the net that's in the slot is considered a, the home base, home plate. Diagram. That's a high danger scoring chance.
0: I think the other key too is right. I mean, your guys that are back from injury have to perform at the highest level. If Montreal doesn't perform at their highest level, they don't have a chance. They have to perform at their highest level. If they don't, then it then it could be four or five. Like if the Leafs perform, even if the if the Leafs performed at ninety percent, and the Habs performed at seventy five percent, eighty percent, it's over in four or five.
1: Yeah, I mean I don't think it's over in four, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be over in a hurry. And that's where these injuries scare me. If the Habs had been healthy for the last two months, and look I mean, you saw them at the beginning of the year. When they were healthy and clicking, there was people who thought they were better than Leafs. They haven't been healthy since then, they haven't been clicking great. They've had a lot of injury issues. If they were healthy, I'd feel a lot better, and I might even consider taking the Habs in seven. This whole health thing scares me in this series. If they're healthy. This goes six or seven, and it's close, and I think it could go either way. If they show up, Carey Price is 100%. Gallagher and are a 100%. Weber looks good. This is going six or seven, and it wouldn't shock me if the Habs win. But there's a huge question mark there. When you have this many of your top guys injured for an extended period of time, it's scary. But, I mean, they have the depth. They have some of the parts that they could be a scary team in the playoffs. And, I mean, we talked for weeks. Who do the Leafs rather play? You've said it over and over again. You would have rather play the Jets
0: or Edmonton. I don't really care. Anybody but the Habs, honestly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, if the Habs were healthy the last couple of months, we wouldn't even be having this conversation.
1: No, they'd easily be the 3rd seed and they'd be argue, they'd be fighting for the 2nd seed in my opinion yeah. if they were healthy. There's well, no question they're the 3rd seed. But yeah. yeah.
0: Well, for sure. I mean, I don't as I said, I I think that's pretty obvious. I mean, as I said, I would have preferred to play anybody else. The analytics will even show that, right? That analytically, the Leafs are better than Edmonton. Uh, we'd rather play Edmonton or rather play Winnipeg because we just match up better. Um, you know, so time will tell. But we both got Leafs in six. So let's let's look at the second, second game or second round, assuming that um, the Leafs make it through and Edmonton makes it through. Um, yeah, I just... For, for the reasons that I've said in the past, I, I seriously, if the Leafs make it past the Habs, they're making it to the conference finals. I don't see Edmonton doing anything, frankly. I just don't. I just think that they, as I said, they, it's been shown this year, the nine times that they've played, I think the Leafs are six, six one and 2 versus Edmonton, and they've played them with three different goalies, and they've still got the job done. So, I, I yeah, like, I mean, McDavid, amazing player. Hart Trophy candidate should be, but... They don't have the depth. I think the Leafs could get that done. I would have, again, and again, this is kind of a cop-out, but um, Leafs and six over Edmonton for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've gone to overtime quite a few times against the Oilers this season. The big question mark, and if you want any reason that the Oilers might win this series, is goaltending. Toronto's goaltending is not proven it in playoffs whatsoever, and you have to be a little worried about it. I do think the Leafs are going to win this series. I just I don't trust Edmonton's depth. Their goalies I think questionable. But I think it'll be a fun series. Like ideally, I mean I love to I want to see the Habs win of course in the first round, but as just a pure hockey fan having the Leafs Habs first round and then Leafs Edmonton second round is just great to see. You want to see these guys go head to head this high end talent. And I think it'll be exciting, but yeah, I think the Leafs are going to pull it out in 7 if it goes this way.
0: Well, and and that's the beauty, right? I mean, the North Division. I mean, this is just like every division. It kind of got a little old by the end of the year, but it shapes up for a beautiful playoffs. And uh, I mean, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna find out what's gonna happen here. Um, I just uh, I like how it's a win-win. Or w- w- what did you describe it as for you?
1: It's a basically win, a win, kind of win-win tie. Yeah, basically. Like if the Habs lose, they probably should, given all the circumstances of the year. But if they win, I mean, you probably don't want to see me for a while or talk to me for a while. The I might have to put a guest
0: host the week after because yeah. I won't. I, otherwise, it'll be 30 minutes of me freaking out.
1: Yeah, Burke won't be able to look at me for a while. He'd be uh, just avoiding me, <laughs> not wanting to talk at all because, yeah, if the Habs beat the Leafs this season, it's going to be rough for you. And, I mean, if the Leafs win, that's the best thing about being a Habs fan this year. Are you really going to rub it in my face that much? They should win this year. <laughs> I mean, consider everything. Yeah, you'll have you'll be able to say a few things, but they should win this year.
0: I mean, the good news is, is OK, if they win, they get the monkey off the back that they haven't won a playoff. I, I, I just go with what Habs fans chirped me about. The first thing is that we haven't won a playoff series in like 20 years. OK, fine. So you win one. The second thing is, is then, you know, I got the ammo of, well, you know, we uh, the Habs haven't beat the Leafs in a playoff series in 40 years or whatever the case is, 30 uh, two and 41 years or whatever. So then I got that on my bag, right? So that that's okay. But the but the the opposite of this is just pure and utter devastation, and like it, this is such a win devastation. Like there's no loss. Like loss is not enough to describe it, right? Loss is when, um, like loss is when you're golfing. And, you know, it's all, you're on the third hole and, you know, you double chunk it in the water on three, you splash it. Into Shout out one.
1: Kyle Kozai.
0: You splash it into the water and you end up making a seven. But you still got 15 holes left, right? Like this would be Phil Mickelson on 18 being up two strokes and, you know, shooting a triple bogey or whatever. Was that the US Open? I forget which tournament I think, it was. I but. think
1: the biggest comparison is the – open championship with the French guy the one year where he like hit driver, hit it into the burn, got down in it, had to make like a triple bogey to win the uh, British open and blew it.
0: Yeah. Like whatever the case is, it's like it, it, you basically have a couple stroke lead and you blow it on 18. And not only that, but you actually hit a good drive to start and you like three put it on the green to lose the tournament. Like that is the kind of level of devastation that, that I, and I don't even think that describes it enough. Right. But I'm not going to be negative. It's positive Wednesday. It's hypothetical Wednesday. So hypothetically that could happen, but it could go the other way. Um, I I have faith. I mean, I'm, I'm, I should be confident. I think that I said at the start of the year, I I really do think that this is, this is the window. And I've been saying this, I probably said this three, four times in this podcast. This is the window. You got to get it done this year. Um, If you don't get it done, then I, I don't know where the biggest problem that I have cam is I don't know where you go from this. Like I don't I seriously don't how 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 can you how can you have a better uh roster on paper than the Leafs have right now? Not only are you at the cap, you technically are over the cap, uh using a ton of LTAR. Like you've brought in Felino, you've brought in Riley Nash, which whatever you brought in Hutton. Eh. Um, you know, you you signed Wayne Simmons, Hyman's here still, Matthews is having a career year. Like, this is the year. The window to win the cup is so small time the bear down take care of business get it done and if like you know I don't expect them to win the cup let's just let's just make this very clear to all the fans I'm not coming out saying um the leafs are winning the cup this year and we've talked about this and and we'll get to like we're not going to go through the conference finals and all that kind of stuff it's too far down the line and we'll get to that later on but you know would I be shocked to see the leafs in the Stanley Cup final no do I expect them to win the Stanley Cup final absolutely not Because I don't think they're necessarily the best team on paper. Do I think they have a great team? Yes. But honestly, at the start of every playoffs, yes, you hope your team's going to make it. You hope your team's going to win the Cup. That's the dream of every NHL fan, especially for a Leaf fan who hasn't won the Stanley Cup since 67, hasn't won a playoff series in 20 years. Like nobody, You should not, as a fan, go in expecting your team to win because you only will be let down. You should always hope that your team has success. This is not me like being like a little bitch about it, right? This is just normal, like normal fans. You should, this is how you should feel is that if your team does well, you're super happy. Like the raps camp, like, were you, you expecting the raps to win the championship? And how'd you feel when they won? Exactly. So if you, like, if you expect your team to win the cup and they lose, you're devastated. Keep your expectations low. Just hope they play well. If they do, if they play well and don't make a lot of mistakes, and another team beats them because they're better, that's
1: how it is. I just feel like this is years and years of disappointing Toronto sports fans uh, talking. Right it is now. just it years is. and years. Other than the Raptors, just disappointed f- for years by every franchise in uh, the city. Buddy, so that's. I mean the, the one the one stat that I will kind of leave you on is this: if the Leafs win, the last time the Leafs beat the Habs in a playoff series was 1967. What else happened that
0: year? Leafs least won the Stanley Cup. Got chills. Got chills. I mean, it, it is a good omen. Um, in reference to this being, I mean, I, I have not had a platform to express my feelings like this. I mean, it sounds like I need to be in like a group, like, you know, like an AA meeting for Leafs fans, which I think probably exists. But, yeah, I, I have not been able to really share how I feel because, you know, you can put it on Facebook. You just get blasted by Habs fans who aren't understanding or love to see the pain but Mike Babcock was not wrong when he said pain was coming and I just hope I just hope that we take a a triple double quadruple Advil and finally get rid of the pain because two two series wins I'm fine I will I'll, I'll be fine cup would be great I'll take a couple series wins let's start with one and just and
1: uh and get rid of the Habs so here's the thing for you. If the Leafs don't make it out of the North this year, is it disappointing? Yes. One series isn't enough this year. They got to win no. two. I,
0: well, I think it's, it's, it's a unique season where I think they're the best team out of the four that are there. And I think that you are playing the second best team in my mind. Um, and that's just not just me pumping your tires as a Habs fan. It's, it's, I just, I, I honestly think that the Habs would have success against Edmonton, probably more than against the Leafs. Um, and, for, the, for the, all the same reasons that we've talked about why Montreal would have success versus the Leafs, the same would apply to the same would apply to Edmonton. So if they beat the Habs in the first round, you're playing two teams, which frankly should have been three and four. You absolutely. You should beat those teams. I, I, I don't see how you can't. So yes, it would be disappointing.
1: Yeah. Like in my opinion, these Toronto and Montreal, are the two best built teams in this division for the playoffs. If it wasn't for Montreal's situation with COVID with injuries this year, this isn't the first round. We're probably seeing this in the second round, in my opinion. And these two teams are set up the best for the playoffs. Health is a big question mark for Montreal. And I'm just looking forward to the series. Everything I've seen in the last week, even, even with all Montreal's health concerns, Toronto's had a few. They've been without Hyman, who's an important Folino. piece. Felino, who's an important piece. It's still been super competitive, good hockey, this last three games, given all that circumstance. So if you somewhat try and wash out what's been missing, it's going to be a good series. Yep. Well,
0: and... As I said, I mean, it's going to cause me a ton of anxiety. Um, But, hey, I mean, this is why we watch sports. I mean, today is the two-year anniversary of Kawhi hitting the shot. I I don't – I remember um, being in my living room um, watching this game and, you know, standing – I stood that entire game, that game seven. I, I did not sit on the couch once. I stood in front of the TV in the corner pacing watching this game. But that's what makes sports fun, man. That's this is why we watch. If we knew that the results were going to be predetermined, then why, why bother? Lean into the anxiety because the the teams that the you don't have anxiety if your team is not in the position to win, right? Like look at teams like like you think predators fans have anxiety? No, because if they win, they're or even Montreal fans. You got, you have no anxiety about this. When your team is in a position to win, you're going to have anxiety. That's a good thing. Lean into it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely do have anxiety. If Montreal was 100% healthy, I would have a lot more. I don't know what my expectations are this season. If Montreal still loses, there's going to be change in Montreal. So my anxiety's up. They beginning of the year, they were a team who you think should win at least one playoff series and compete for this North title. We talked about so it can... being
0: We talked about them being in the second round. Like that's that's who we thought yeah. originally was going to be you know in the second round
1: where I still have anxiety about this series I think they can put up a good fight if they're healthy and play well so I'm gonna have anxiety about this series it's not like the Preds the Preds are not winning they don't have any chance to me if Montreal gets good goaltending from Price their depth shows up and they look healthy they have a shot at this series I know you could argue that and whatnot but I think they honestly do
0: well yeah it's I think I think we've kind of said all that we can say I mean the reality is is that the beauty thing about the NHL, and it's been proven time and time again, that any team in the playoffs has a chance to win on any given night. And uh, I guess we'll see. We're only three days away from the start of the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs. Cam, do you got anything else for us before we uh, head out? We ran a little bit long. We dove into the uh, into the psychology chair. I got a little, uh, little emotional about the Leafs, but uh, hey, love love them this has been my whole
1: life so you can't really blame me for that no let's do it i'm just excited for playoff hockey i don't have much better to talk about let's enjoy it start saturday we'll get to watch a ton more of the u.s teams and i mean there's some good teams down there and great players that we haven't been able to watch as much so now's the time to do it when we're down to 16 teams
0: well and we absolutely will and uh and hopefully we can uh you know, we can maybe catch a game, a social distance game when they play. I mean, I definitely think that we could do, uh, we could probably do that. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. I mean, you'll have your halves jersey on. I know your fiance is a uh, Leafs fan as well. So it might be a contentious couple weeks in your house. I totally, actually, I just totally forgot about that.
1: Yeah, we'll see. It, it'll be interesting for sure.
0: Are you guys going to do a bet?
1: Uh Doubtful.
0: Is the is the, is the dog-collar bet still alive, or did you guys not actually do that?
1: No, we never actually ordered them, so the bet never happened.
0: Oh, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to check with her on this. I thought that it happened, um, but uh, but anyway, I digress. So, um, yeah, so you can follow us on Twitter, at Over6Sports. We're tweeting out uh, everything that uh, – all, all of our hockey takes and everything. We, we got some funny content on there as uh, – as always, you can also uh, you know leave us a review Apple Podcast. Uh, we, you know we've got uh, quite a few people have. We thank you for for leaving the review. Actually, the one thing I want to say is that uh, whoever's in uh, Minnesota hit us up at Over Six Sports. we had we had nine, I think we had nine downloads from Minnesota in the the last couple of days. So I don't know what you people in Minnesota are doing if you're sharing it with your friends or if it's just you re-listening to a whole bunch of episodes. But thank you. Uh, we want to know who you are. We want to know how you listen to the podcast, what you think of it. You can leave us a review or tweet at us at over six sports or send us an email over, uh, over six sports at gmail.com. And, uh, and yeah. So for the over six sports podcast, I'm Zach, the Bandit Burke. And with me is the man, you know,
1: and love cam. Don't look at me. I'm still not doing it. Not going to happen. The
0: turf King.
1: Charlton. What's it? Turf King? No,
0: not (laughs) happening. Thanks for listening to Over Six Sports. Let's talk to you next week.